In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Dear friends of God, this is a story about peace. The gift of peace given to Mary. It's a, sto- it's a powerful story with a, a vision of an angel the annunciation of the birth of of the Messiah, Jesus, the glorious angel from heaven. It fills Mary with fear and trembling and confusion. And then there's hard questions and there's mystery and there's, there's finally peace. It concludes with the quiet resolution that reveals the peace in Mary's heart. May it be, or I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. In the end, Mary is at peace. For one thing, Mary is at peace with favor. Okay, this is... It is on. It is... There we go. Wrong. Here we go. Mary's at peace with favor. It says, the angel... Okay, I, I have to figure this one out. Okay, is there a battery in this thing? Yes. Okay, let's go click. It works every time. Okay, one more. There we go. Thank you for your patience with me. (laughs) For one thing, Mary's at peace with favor. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. And we'll go click. Mary has done nothing 
to deserve this favor. Mary is a young woman. She's poor. She's living at the margins of society in a town that's of no account. She's so marginal that we know the name of her fiancé before we know her name. She is married to Joseph, the Bible says, and then it tells a wonderful story that he's got a pedigree. You know, Joseph is poor, but at least he's got something to him. He is of the house and line of David. And only when we hear that and hear the name Joseph do we hear the name Mary. The woman's name is Mary. She's probably somewhere between the ages of 12 and 16. Let's say she's 14 years old. She has no parents worth mentioning. She has no historical lineage worth shining light upon. And there's nothing about her that would point her out as noteworthy or deserving favor. She hasn't acted better or worse than her peers. And among the poor teenage girls in Nazareth, she hasn't stood out as as somebody super spiritual or someone super obedient. She hasn't called out to God at, at the temple calling for some mercy, some blessing upon her. She, she hasn't asked God for anything. She hasn't prayed and fasted at the synagogue. She's probably memorized her scriptures like, like everybody would in those days and gone, uh, said her prayers and gone to the synagogue like everyone else. But until this moment, there was nothing about her that made her stand out. She was a person easily overlooked. And yet, she found favor with God. God had singled her out from the rest of of all the, the girls in town to receive his favor. He had just given that to her. Just given this gift, this unmerited favor. Blessings, Mary. You have found favor with God. We're not given a reason for it. That may not have been a, an easy thing to receive, this favor of God. Mary was greatly troubled, as our passage says. We'll click. There we go. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The word used here is perplexed, confused, deeply troubled. I mean, how she got past the dazzling creature in front of her to focus on the words of the angel tells something about her character, her ability to be fully present and to listen. Her fear wasn't so much connected to seeing that creature, a creature that you and I, if we saw that creature, we would fall down on our knees and beg this creature not to kill us, or we'd fall down on our knees and, and worship this creature. But Mary heard the words of this angel, and her trouble came at the message that told her that she was regarded with grace by God. Theologian Carolyn Lewis says this, It is no small thing to be regarded 
to be favored, especially when you are exceedingly aware that you should not be. Maybe she was troubled by the thought of, why me? Who am I? That I should, should receive a message from an angel that speaks about favor. I am not someone to be regarded with favor. I am not someone you would notice, let alone favor. And yet, there it was. I'm not sure where we are here. Let's go back. We're going to have to fix this thing someday. Okay. Okay, let's click now. There we go. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Mary had to come to peace with being regarded with favor by God. And in the end, she did. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. I am at peace with this favor of God. I'm at peace with this gift that God looked at me and said, greetings, and, and picked me. How did she get to peace with that? We're not told. Was it her strength of mind, her beauty of character, her spiritual heart? Or was, it, was that peace itself a gift but the question for us today is, is this. Will you receive the gift of God's favor this Christmas? It's no small thing to accept favor from God, especially when you are exceedingly aware that you should not have it. Why would God accept me? Why would he not look at all the bad things I've done and, and sent me away from him? Why does he move toward me instead? Instead of just saying, whoa, I don't want any part of that. Why does he, he come? Why does he come to, at Christmas? Why does he move toward you and me? Why does God regard me at all? Am I lovable? Am I acceptable? And the answer is, is yes. Yes, you are. Let's click that once. There we go. Yes, you are lovable. Yes, you are acceptable. Your salvation depends totally on God, not on anything you've done. You haven't done anything to deserve this. It's a gift to us. It's given simply because God gives it to us. Last week during the baptism, we heard those words, those beautiful, powerful words that said, God knew you before you knew God. And he looked upon you with grace. And that's the truth that's poured out on, upon all of us from infancy. The story of Christmas is a story of God coming down to be one of us, to save us from our sins, to bring, bring us to peace with God and peace with each other. And he would have done it just for you. Just for you. He did it for the whole world. And there's something profoundly healing, something profoundly empowering to know that at the core of who you are, you are loved. You are accepted. Not because of what you done, you've done, but simply because God accepts you. 
This Christmas, will you finally accept this gospel in your heart, deep down? I am lovable and I am loved. Yes, I accept the grace and favor this Christmas, God. I am at peace with God loving me. I'm at peace with God saving me simply because he's decided to do that work of saving me. Which leads us to the other thing that Mary is at peace with. Mary is also at peace with God's mission. Here we go. Here comes the the angel again. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What an announcement. Yeah, what an announcement. In all the world, there has never been an announcement like that. There's never been an announcement that said those words. Sure, there had been announcements of miracle babies being born to otherwise hopeless couples. Abraham and Sarah, Hannah and Elkanah, Jacob and Rachel, and just a few verses prior to this, Elizabeth and Zechariah. All these married couples received miracles that reveal how God does not forget us and has a plan for this world. But this, this is a whole different class of baby announcements. Everyone's everyone's been waiting for this one. This is the unique and unrepeatable announcement of the birth of the one, the Messiah, the Holy Deliverer. This is... For thousands of years, God has been on a mission to bring this Messiah into the world. Through the ages, he's foretold it and and foreshadowed it. He's promised it at the Garden of Eden, that he would send the one who would strike the serpent's head. He sent prophets to speak about this Messiah. He foreshadowed this Messiah through various mini-saviors who saved his people from their troubles, the judges and, and the kings and the prophets. And he promised this Savior of the world would come through his people Israel. And now the time had come. The great moment of his birth was here. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, for he will save. And all this must have thrilled Mary's heart until that part about her giving birth. Once again, she's confused. Once again, she's troubled. Once again, she's not at peace here. She puts up an objection like everyone else who's ever been visited by God. Sarah, Moses, Samuel, Saul, Isaiah, and lately Zechariah. And now Mary hesitated. And Mary said, How will this be since I am a virgin? To which the answer from the angel gave her a sign. And he said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, or to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. She got her sign. Elizabeth is pregnant. Before anybody knew, Mary found out through this angel. And now, for one brief moment, the whole future of creation hung on the answer 
of a 14-year-old girl. The whole grand plan depended on Mary saying yes to being the one who would bear God's son. Would she accept this assignment as mysterious, as confusing, and as troubling as it was? There is tension in this story at this point. You can feel it. This is what God is going to do through you, Mary. Be at peace with this great plan, this great mission of God into this world happening through you. One minute, Mary is a peasant girl in an old count town who's not regarded by anybody. Would she now become Mary, mother of the Messiah? And more deeply, would she change her understanding of how God acts? Would she allow her mind and her imagination to be transformed from what she knows of God? She knows God is the Almighty. She knows God is the everlasting God who lives in high heaven and, and who speaks with authority. And, and he, he is the one to whom we kneel, before whom we kneel. And now she has to think of him, of God, as in a manger, vulnerable, helpless, dependent, her own baby. Would she be at peace with changing her comfortable conceptions of God to ones that didn't make sense? Well, yes, she would. She would be at peace with God's most incredulous mission, the Incarnation. And she says this, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Literally, she says, Behold, the Lord's servant. Behold. Whenever you hear the word behold in the Bible, it means something important is going to happen. Something transformative is going to take place. Behold. Life change will take place. In Mary's case, behold, here I am, Lord, use me. I am at peace with this plan that you have. And for Mary, her life didn't get better once she, made, once she came to peace with this. She came to peace in her heart, but her, her, her life didn't, didn't necessarily have that much peace. In fact, it got worse. I mean, how, how could a 14-year-old girl tell her mom and dad, uh, yeah, this baby... Uh, it's not a usual baby. How, how would she explain her pregnancy? I wonder how that went. I wonder whether that's why she left Nazareth so quickly and went up to her cousin Elizabeth and, and spent those days with her. There was public shame involved with becoming pregnant out of wedlock. In Matthew's account, Joseph was about to divorce her quietly rather than publicly so that she wouldn't be stoned to death or at least very publicly shamed. And later on in Luke, she'll meet up with Simeon, who turns his cataract eyes to Mary and says this, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And her entire life would become complicated by saying yes to this mission. No wonder the angel told her, do not be afraid. She needed all the courage she could get to go along with this mission. And the question for us today is this. Will you be at peace with God's mission? You won't ask to, be do, to do what Mary did. 
That's a unique and unrepeatable task. But you'll be asked to listen to the angels over the fields of Bethlehem as they pronounce peace on earth. And you'll be asked to, to listen to the prophecy that says this is the Prince of Peace. This baby is the gift of peace on earth. He will bring peace with God and peace with others. So the question is, will you believe that good news? That in this baby, God acted to transform our world. Will you believe that this is the story that reveals that peace to God? Jesus came as the Prince of Peace and offers to us what no amount of social progress, no amount of education, no amount of wealth, no amount of self-improvement can give us. He is the promised one, the Messiah, the one who brings us peace with God and peace with each other. That's the confession of the ancient church, and it's the confession of this church, and every, every generation has to answer that. Every generation of teenagers and young adults and young families and empty nesters and seniors and elderly that prepares for Christmas must answer that question. This mission of God that, that, in, that God gave to, to or that it enlisted Mary into it. Am I at peace with that? Am I at peace with that mission? Will I join in the confession of this church? And not only that, will you be at, be at peace with this mission, will you join it? Will you follow where Christ leads in the paths of peace, of reconciliation, of truth, of justice? Will you make his mission your mission? Will you join Christ's work in this world, pledging your life, your gifts, your time, your talents to further what he is about, what he came to the earth to do? It includes being ready to drop your quarrel, to forgive as you were forgiven. It means making peace with others when you'd rather walk away and cancel them out of your life. It means taking the hard road of reconciliation. It means service that may take you to the poor, the marginalized, the refugee. Mary's choice to give herself to participate in God's mission changed her life. It didn't make it easier, but it made it better. The gospel changes our lives for the better, but often that means something different than what the world calls success. Choosing to trust in God and to participate in his mission is a blessed way of living. This is a story of, of coming to peace. Mary came to peace with God's favor and with God's mission. Mary shows us that to embrace these two things is to embrace good news. And as you prepare for Christmas, may you find the gift of peace in your heart, peace with God's favor peace with God's plan of salvation here as the story unfolds. May you find the gift of peace that leads you to God's purpose for your life that's bound up in the life of the child of Mary. Amen. Let us pray. O oh God, sometimes we wonder about your grace. Sometimes times we wonder how you can accept us because of who we are and what we've done or not done. And yet, Lord, you accept us because of this Jesus who was born in a manger. Thank you for your grace. And Lord, as you call us to follow in the way of Christ, use us 
here in this place and in this city, in this region, in this world, use us in his mission of peace. Help us to be peacemakers, to be peace bringers, to be people of reconciliation and truth. We pray that you would help us, as sometimes that is hard, and give us courage that we will not fear. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.